Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey folks, there are new developments relating to the FBI's Mar-a-Lago search. The Washington Post reported that earlier this year, a Trump lawyer refused to sign a declaration that all presidential documents were returned to the government. Meanwhile, the Department of Justice asked the 11th Circuit to expedite its appeal of the appointment of the Mar-a-Lago special master. And a new order from District Judge Eileen Cannon could further delay the review process. In other news, the trial is now underway for Oath Keepers leader Stuart Rhodes and his co-defendants for their involvement in the attack on the Capitol. Joyce Vance and I discuss all of this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership for just $1 for one month. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. We look forward to having you as a part of the Insider community. So should we talk about what's happening in that case? Yeah. It gets very confusing to, to catch people up. And I'm sure you did some of this last week with our dear friend, Barb. Barb. Yeah. Um, who heroically stepped up again while I was out gallivanting on the West Coast. The government, the Department of Justice, uh, made a limited appeal from Judge Cannon's ruling that the department could not look at the classified documents, about 100 documents. The 11th Circuit Court of Appeals said, no, you can. So the government now has access to and continued doing its criminal investigation and also its national security review with respect to those 100 documents, right? So that's all on pace. That's the most important thing. That's all good, I think, from the perspective of people who want the truth to be arrived at. But now the government still wants to get these other documents for reasons that we'll describe in a moment. And the special master has engaged in some rulings. I guess you can call them rulings, even though he's a special master, not officially the judge, although he is a sitting judge, Ray Deary, in the Eastern District of New York, that have been overruled by Judge Cannon in Florida. Which of those do you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about Judge Deary's scheduling order and the way she's overruled that, because to me, that's very telling, right? Why do you, you know, this isn't a situation where she's obligated to use a special master. In fact, DOJ opposes it. Judge Cannon decides that she will appoint one. She accepts one of Trump's recommendations. That's how we get Judge Deary. 
He puts in place a very reasonable-looking schedule with a timeline that he justifies. And she says, nope, not good enough. We're going to go back and use Trump's schedule, in essence. You sort of have to wonder why she went to the trouble of bringing Judge Deary on board at all if she wasn't going to take advantage of his recommendations and expertise. Yeah, let's pause on one of those things that you said, because I've been wondering that, and I think we should talk about it. Why the delay? You know, usually judges, and certainly good judges, are not wanting to proceed in haste, but they don't want undue delay. You know, sometimes the parties will say, we're ready for trial in six months. The judge will say, no, four months. Or our response should be due in three weeks. The judge might say two weeks. My general experience has been with federal judges is that they want to move the parties along often faster than the parties themselves or one of the parties wants to be moved along unless there's really good cause otherwise. Here, look, there's some issues to be figured out and untangled. But it's not rocket science. And at every juncture, just unlimited issue of delay and timing, the judge seems bent on extending the time as opposed to getting this done. When I think it's in everyone's interest, maybe not Trump's interest, but everyone else's interest in getting these things resolved and finalized as soon as possible so you don't have the cloud hanging over both the department and over the former president. Do you have any idea why she keeps wanting to delay? You know, I think at some point, Occam's razor is the answer, and she seems very intent on giving Trump what he wants in terms of delay, which is one of his big litigation strategies. People can draw their own conclusions about why she might do that. I don't like drawing conclusions like that. I think typically there's more than one way of looking at a problem, and sometimes judges see things differently. But here, there's one part of her decision that makes it clear to me that this is just about maximal delay. And this is where Judge Deary decided that he would review documents on a rolling basis and prepare them for turnover on a rolling basis, which is very common. When you've got this huge group of documents to go through, it makes sense to, to do it in stages so people can continue to work and, and get to work as documents are approved. And Judge Cannon says, no, no rolling documents. We're going to do it all at once, you know, essentially extending the deadline out until December. And that's assuming Trump doesn't ask for more extensions that she grants. I don't see any logical reason to avoid using a rolling document approval process unless Judge Cannon really does think that this needs to be slowed down. Yeah. And the other thing that Judge Deary was doing that I thought was good and smart and would cut to the chase is, among other things, basically telling the Trump folks to put up or shut up. You know, state definitively, do you believe that some of these documents essentially were planted and were not at the location at the time they were searched? And Judge Cannon eviscerated that instruction, saying, no, the president really, the former president doesn't really have to put up or shut up now, not until we finish the issue of dealing with privilege and figuring out, you know, what is or is not privileged. So Deary was trying to put them in the hot seat and trying to get some closure and some definitiveness on some of the obfuscation that's been going on. It's the second time I've used that word in this. So if you have drinks, drink them. Um, <laughs> I think Trump in the last couple of days said again in a television interview somewhere, a claim that he refuses to make in court, that his lawyers refuse to make in court, and that Judge Cannon says he doesn't need to confirm or deny in court the issue of the planting of documents. What do you make of that? It seems to me that Judge Deary had a very smart approach 
designed to decide whether or not documents that DOJ legitimately came into possession of because it had executed a search warrant that was backed up by probable cause. And so he was doing what judges are supposed to do in this area. Because Trump comes in and creates this dispute over whether DOJ can use materials that it has lawfully come into possession of during a criminal case, Deary decides to try and resolve that dispute. And Cannon does exactly the opposite of that, and it's increasingly just inexplicable. She's not trying to get to the bottom of the issue here. And ultimately, one of the reasons that this is confusing, and of course, DOJ now has the, the larger case itself, not just the classified documents, sitting on appeal in Atlanta with the 11th Circuit. It's just asked the court to expedite those proceedings. But ultimately, there's an issue here of whether Judge Cannon should have ever exercised jurisdiction in this matter. You know, Trump just comes in and files this civil lawsuit and says, I don't think that DOJ should be able to use what it obtained during the search. And a different judge might have looked at these materials and agreed with DOJ, said, we have absolutely no reason to use our equitable jurisdiction here. DOJ, go ahead with the process. Mr. Trump, we're sorry, you're out of court. And so just from the get-go, at every step in this, Judge Cannon seems to have done as much as she can, I'll, I'll give it a kind reading, to create delay in a criminal investigation that has national security implications. So let's talk about this appeal to the 11th Circuit that the government is asking to be done on an expedited basis. So we've already said, and this is hard to keep track of because there's so many procedural ins and outs, the 11th Circuit, the, the Court of Appeals, has already ruled on the side of the Department of Justice with respect to those hundred classified documents, right? But the government says, well, now there's thousands of other documents and our inability to look at those things, they're taking this one step at a time, our inability to look at those things is hampering our investigation, it's hampering our ability to get to the bottom of things and the truth of the matter. And the reason that is so, they say, I'll quote from the government's papers, quote, the government is unable to examine records that were commingled with materials bearing classification markings, including records that may shed light on, for example, how the materials bearing classification markings were transferred to plaintiff's residence, how they were stored, and who may have accessed them, end quote. They say also, quote, the records not marked as classified may also constitute evidence of potential obstruction and concealment or removal of government records, end quote. So what they're saying is obviously the classified documents are the most important and the most sensitive, particularly to the National Security Review. <laughs> But not being able to see the stuff that was commingled with and in the same folders as, for example, or in the same drawers as the classified information prevents us from trying to figure out who mishandled the documents in the first place. So, for example, I presume they're saying something like if some of the non-classified documents that are personal to Donald Trump and, and would naturally have been handled <laughs> uh, and stored and filed away by Donald Trump are interspersed with nuclear materials about a foreign power you can conclude that, you know, with some degree of confidence that it was Donald Trump who mishandled the nuclear classified information. This strikes me as, you know, pretty good argument. Yeah, me too. I mean, I want to know if there's, you know, a couple of Big Mac wrappers sitting on top of classified information. <laughs> the unclassified information Big Mac wrappers. But the context here really does matter, right? We are talking about a search warrant. DOJ had already established its entitlement to look at all of this stuff. And then Trump comes into court and essentially says, 
I want special treatment. I'm the former president. I'm not sure he says former. He sort of says, I'm the president, you know, and it would be an abomination. He doesn't use that word. That's my word. But it would be an abomination to let anyone investigate me and, and look too closely into my possession of documents that, after all, I'm mostly entitled to. And so that entire context for setting up this issue I think is the right way to look at this because normally in a criminal investigation, you would get to look at all of this stuff, right? As you point out, it's very important to establishing one of the most difficult issues here, I think. Maybe less difficult, frankly, given this reporting we started out by talking about with that has Trump himself doing the search. But there is this issue of constructive possession. They don't find the folders of classified materials in his lap as he's thumbing through them. They're in drawers and in storage boxes. And so you've got to find some way of linking the appropriate people who were in possession of those documents to the documents. And as you point out, these other materials that are now in play in the 11th Circuit Appeal are crucial to that. The other thing I'll say, Preet, is that conceptually, what DOJ did early on was they asked the 11th Circuit to stay Judge Cannon's order only as it applied to the classified documents. So the 11th Circuit issues that stay, says, DOJ, go ahead and, and use these documents. But the 11th Circuit is very careful in that order to say, we are only considering the stay issue. We're not looking at the larger substantive issues that are raised on the appeal. Those are for another day. So now in this appeal, they're actually looking at everything fresh, the classified documents and the unclassified documents. And they're considering the issues of whether Judge Cannon should have appointed a special master and whether it's appropriate to restrict DOJ's handling and use of these materials. And I think the fact that the appeal involves considering everything together again, helps DOJ. You know, early on, they were helped by the fact that the court was looking only at the classified documents. Now looking at everything in connection, I think, makes their argument for them. Yeah, they're being tactical and they're taking this one step at a time. I think it's worth also for a moment pausing on this issue of timing and speed. So the government here is asking for an expedited consideration of their appeal. And they spend some amount of time talking about why expedited makes sense in this matter. They say expediting this appeal will serve judicial efficiency. Thanks for listening. To hear the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership for just $1 for one month. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work. Thank you.